Well, good afternoon and welcome to 2021. I haven't had to say that too much yet, uh, but today is January the 6th of 2021. Uh, This is my first Wednesday uh, podcast of the year. So it's good to be uh, joining you and uh, taking a little bit of time together, and I appreciate you joining me, uh, whether it's uh, here at 5 o'clock on Wednesday afternoon or whenever you might uh, watch or listen uh, to this. Again, I appreciate all the work that goes into being able to have these things and and do them. So I I do pray that your 2021 is off to a good start. Uh, Just a a heads up kind of where we're going. Uh, I began study this morning. I used my 10 o'clock Bible study time to, to share with you in the afternoons, and we started talking about prayer this morning, and the plan is to uh, work through the Lord's Prayer together, Matthew chapter 6. Uh, we'll be looking at that in more detail uh, over the next several weeks. But for today, I wanted to start with uh, just looking at ways that Jesus prayed. Uh, and on today, if you've looked at the date and if you followed any kind of news, I think this is a very appropriate study for us to, to do together right now. Uh, and even today's study, I think, is uh, very valuable for us. It's a, a sad day uh, in our nation. Uh, the uh, All the events surrounding the election. Uh, and as of about an hour ago, last time I looked at the news, they were starting to shut down Washington, put a curfew out uh, because of the uh, protests that were going on there and the the violent protests that were actually going on there, breaking into the Capitol building uh, and many of those things happening. And again, that's just a sad, sad day. Uh, there's a lot that's gone into this election and, and we all have our uh, opinions kind of where things are and, and what's happened uh, and uh, all those things have been very sad and very disruptive, but um, no matter where you land on uh, the election, uh, we as Christians, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, uh, we are called to be agents of peacemaking. Uh, We're called to be agents of change uh, in our world, not just to make it a better place for here and now, but uh, to uh, lead people to Christ so they can uh, know the hope and security uh, of eternity with Him. Uh, And my prayer is that we can even take these difficult days in our nation uh, and turn them to good, that we will share Christ's redemptive grace uh, with with our world around us, even as we pray for for our world and even as we pray for all the events that are happening. Uh, And so, again, I I do hope and pray that this study that we do here today will even be an encouragement for you. Uh, What we're going to be looking at is uh, a topical type study uh, going through a lot of the uh, passages in the Gospels, and we won't have time to do nearly all the passages I have down here, but uh, to look at some ways that Jesus prayed and so that we can learn to emulate what he did. Uh, He prayed, uh, as an example, in fact, the, the study we're going to do in, uh, on the Lord's Prayer, the disciples were asking Jesus, you know, teach us how to pray. How are we supposed to come before the Father and, and pray? And so Jesus gives them that model prayer. Uh, and as I said uh, when I taught this this morning, there's nothing magical about that prayer in by reciting it and saying it, uh, that, that things are going to happen in the sense of just repeating words. But if we understand what that prayer is calling us to do in prayer, then we're, we are going to know better how to come before our Lord and Savior in a way that we can be right with Him so that as we share the truth of His gospel, it will make an impact in our lives and the lives of those around us. And so I I felt like today a good starting point before we dig into that prayer in particular is to look at least some of the ways that that Jesus 
prayed, uh, particularly in the Gospels, so that we can uh, see what he did, so we can follow his example. So let's do open our time up with a word of prayer, uh, and then we'll jump into our study here this afternoon. Father, I come before you right now, and I do thank you for this day. And Lord, I do pray for our nation today. Uh, You have blessed this nation in so many ways, and you have given us uh, freedom through our nation to be able to worship you, to serve you, to to gather together. And Lord, this has been a very difficult year with the pandemic, uh, and people are uh, on edge, I know, because of that. Uh, And Lord, we just live in a divided nation. Um, It's amazing, uh, almost 50-50 down the line between uh, those uh, that that represent Republicans and those that represent Democrats. And Lord, there's just such a divide in our country, and, and it is causing disruption. It's causing disruption today. I pray, Father, that we as believers, those that hear this prayer uh, and trust in you as Lord and Savior, that we will learn from you uh, what you called us to do, the agents of change that you called us to be uh, in this world, uh, what we are called to do. Uh, Help us to learn some of those things as we study prayer here today, uh, looking at some of the ways that you prayed and how we can apply that even to our lives. Lord, we thank you for this, and we do praise you and know that you are God. You are in control, uh, even in the the difficult days that we face as a nation. Uh, Lord, you are on your throne, and our citizenship as believers is in heaven uh, before it is anywhere else. And so help us to be uh, your servants uh, and help others to, to learn what that looks like and what that truly means in this world. It's in Christ's most holy name that we pray. Amen. All right. Um, well, let's jump into this here together uh, this evening. Uh, and just as as we think about this and as you um, think through this a little bit, uh, how does prayer affect you? I asked that question uh, this morning, got several responses, and uh, some of the responses that I got back from that was just the the sense of peace uh, and encouragement that comes through prayer, uh, and, and we should get that, that as we go to our Heavenly Father, we can know that we are not the ones that have to take care of everything. Now, we are called to do certain things, uh, and oftentimes we are the one that are challenged to do those things, but we have a Heavenly Father that is in control of this world, and so we can go before Him, and when we may be anxious, we can know that He uh, is a God who hears and a God that responds to us. In fact, uh, Paul says, uh, wrote to the church at Philippi, uh, what we have in Philippians chapter 4, he said, uh, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, through your prayers and supplications, Uh, bring them to God with thanksgiving and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, something we can't understand, uh, will will be ours because we've come to him in prayer. Uh, And so prayer does make a difference. Prayer challenges us. And so as we look at uh, some of these ways that Jesus prayed, uh, I pray it'll give you uh, some uh, direction uh, in in what you do. So a lot of scripture passages this morning. Uh, If you're interested in uh, getting a whole list of all these, because I'm not going to read all the ones that I have listed here, I'd be more than happy to email you a copy of that or uh, text that to you, whatever you might want, just contact me. You can email me here at the church at uh, danh at ebcathens.com. It's on our website. Uh, You can get to me that way as well. Uh, But I would be more than happy to get you a list of um, these uh, Scripture passages. And if you have some others that, as I'm talking about some of these things, and you have one that comes to mind that I didn't share, you may say, hey, what about this passage? Uh, And I know this isn't a complete list of all the ways Jesus prayed here today, but at least it'll give us uh, a feel. 
uh, for for what Jesus, uh, how he prayed, as we start thinking about uh, praying the way Jesus prayed and, and understanding a little bit better that um, the Lord's Prayer that we have, that model prayer that he gave us in Matthew chapter 6. So today's the foundation. So let's jump in. The very first uh, way that I have down here that Jesus prayed is that Jesus prayed with confidence. Uh, And listen to this passage of Scripture. This comes out of Matthew's Gospel, Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 11, part of the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, Jesus says this. um, He says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? Now, Jesus was teaching here about prayer and and how we should come to him in prayer, but there was a confidence in there that Jesus knows us better than we know ourselves. And if we as evil people can do good things for those that we love and care for and those that are close to us, how much more is our Heavenly Father going to give us what we need? Uh, A couple other passages of Scripture, Uh, John chapter 15, verse 7, uh, Christ says here, he says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Now, this is a good word of reminder for reading Scripture and understanding Scripture here. This would be a very easy passage of Scripture to pull out of context and say that, you know, if I believe it, God's going to do it. In fact, I have another one down here, uh, Mark chapter 11, verse 24. Uh, It says, Therefore I tell you, whoever or whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Uh, kind of that name it and claim it kind of mentality in prayer, that if I really believe this, if this is something I really, really want, then God's going to do this for me. Well, again, Jesus prayed with confidence, but the key here is he prayed in the Heavenly Father's will. Uh, And even in that John passage I read just a moment ago, it starts with saying, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you can ask whatever you wish. Uh, It's not just, I want to believe it, and this is something I really want. It's truly understanding what it means to be in God's will, uh, what it means to uh, believe and trust in Him. And so we have to believe in Him, be faithful in in serving Him, know His Word, uh, seek to follow His Word. And when we're in His will, then yes, we'll be praying those kinds of things that God desires for us to pray. So there can be great confidence in prayer. Jesus prayed with confidence, knowing that the Father was going to answer uh, His request. It may not always have been in the way He requested. In fact, at the Garden of Gethsemane, He said, if this cup, (coughs) the crucifixion can pass from me, let it be so, but not my will, your will be done. And so it was always subservient to God's ultimate will, uh, what what he called us to. And we need to pray in the same way because we don't just come to God with our demand list, uh, with our wish list, with our want list, and uh, with how we think things should work and expect God uh, to act on that. That's not the kind of confidence that's talked about here. The confidence is, is that God is a good, loving Father, better than any of us could ever be, uh, that when we are in his word and in his will, when we are faithfully following him, then we can pray with confidence that we are praying things that are pleasing to God and God honoring. So Jesus prayed with confidence. Uh, Again, in in this 25, 30-minute study here, we can't get into any of these real long, and so these others I may go through a little quicker. But Jesus prayed with confidence. The second uh, key point that I make here is that Jesus prayed and acted. 
what are some of the possible pitfalls uh, that we can fall into when we pray for God to do something? If we're praying for God to ask, I think a couple pitfalls that that I put down. One was forgetting that we prayed what we prayed for. <laughs> you know, that, that we pray for something and then we just kind of say, "Okay, God, you take care of it," and we go on. Uh, a pitfall there is that you know we don't follow up on it. It's just a one-time thing, and we don't really think about it, uh, and and we never do anything. Uh, we never seek God's answer in it and go on. Uh, and then secondly is not acting on our prayers. Uh, I mentioned this morning a song by Matthew West. Uh, the title of that song is Do Something. Uh, and in that song, uh, Matthew West is, you know, he the, the song begins by him looking at all the evils in the world around him and, and all the difficulties that are out there. Uh, and he just prays, uh, he's, he's praying to God and he's saying, God, why don't you do something about these things? Uh, and in the in the prayer, the response that he gets from God, he says, I did. I created you. I, I want you to do something about these things. And so when we pray, we have to recognize that uh, we are coming before God, asking for him to work and to intervene uh, and to lead and to guide, and that may call us to do something. So listen to a couple um, passages of Scripture here. The first one is from John chapter 11, verses 41 through 44. It's the raising of Lazarus. Uh, John's gospel tells us this. It says, So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Again, he's got confidence that the Heavenly Father has has listened to him. I knew that you always hear me, but I say this on account of the people that are standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet were bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Uh, here we see Jesus' confidence, but also Jesus' actions, that Jesus was going to pray for something. He prayed for, he was praying for Lazarus to be uh, raised from the dead. And he acted by saying, move that stone away and calling out to Lazarus to come out. Uh, our prayers require action. Uh, another passage of Scripture, I'm not going to take time to read it, but in um, the feeding of the uh, 4,000, even the feeding of the 5,000, two recordings that we have in Matthew's gospel, it's recorded in all the gospels. Uh, Jesus uh, says that uh, uh, the disciples were looking at the people saying they need something to eat. Jesus says, will you do something about it? They say, we don't have anything. All we got is a couple loaves of fish, or a couple loaves of bread and a couple of fish. You know, that, that's not enough to feed everybody. It says Jesus took what was given to him. He blessed it, broke it, and sent it out, and it was more than enough for all the people that were there. Uh, Jesus acted on his prayers. He did something. A prayer led to action. The same is true, going to be true for us, is that our prayers should lead us to action. Even as we study the Lord's Prayer here over the next several weeks, uh, we're going to see that that prayer is a prayer to, to action in the way we live, the way we trust in God, uh, and the way we interact with, with others. Uh, a third way, that uh, Jesus prayed. Uh, Jesus prayed uh, alone or in solitude. Uh, we see that uh, this was a fairly common practice for him in Mark's gospel, Mark chapter 1, verses 35, 35 and 36. It says, And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place. And there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. So he deliberately got himself away 
from his disciples, from from the others, so that he could pray by himself. In Matthew chapter 14, it says, uh, after the feeding of the 5,000, it says, and after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up to the mount- on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. So after a day of ministry, after doing those great things, he'd send everybody away, all the crowds left. He even sent his disciples off to, to go uh, in a boat and go across the sea. And Jesus said, I need time to, to pray by myself. So it's very important for um, us to, to understand that and, and do that as well. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, uh, verse 6, part of the passage we'll be studying uh, together uh, in the Sermon on the, uh, the Lord's Prayer, tells us this. Jesus said, but when you pray, go into your room and shut your door and pray to your Father who is in who is in secret, and your Father who hear, sees in secret will reward you. So we're commanded to follow that same practice. There are times that we need to get away and pray uh, by ourselves. Uh, I think this does a couple things for us. First of all, uh, it checks your motivation. If the only time you pray are times of expected prayer, uh, whether it be before meals, which is a great thing to do. That's a positive thing to do, whether it be uh, in church, in a, in a church setting. If if those are the only times you're praying is when you're with others and when there's an expectation of that prayer, uh, you know, you have to ask yourself, why am I not praying by myself? Why don't I take time to get away? Uh, read God's Word, study God's Word, and then pray to God, uh, asking for His guidance. So uh, it checks your motive. And then secondly, it keeps you focused. Uh, you know, Part of this is Jesus says, get into a room, close the door. In other words, get rid of the distractions around you. Some people I know have literally a prayer closet. They've dedicated a, a closet in their house to, to be a place where they can pray. Uh, you, you may want to do that, but uh, find a place that where you can find some quiet, where you can find some solitude, where you're away from distractions and you can focus on prayer. Uh, that That's important. It doesn't have to be hours long, uh, but it, it does need to be on a regular basis. So it helps you to check your motivation. Secondly, it helps keep you focused. And Jesus, again, gave us the example of praying uh, in solitude. Uh, the fourth uh, way Jesus prayed uh, that, that we look at here is uh, Jesus also um, encouraged corporate prayer. Um, for this passage of Scripture, uh, go to uh, Mark chapter 11, verse 17, and uh, it's a little unusual passage, but hear, me, hear what we have to say on this. It says, and he was teaching them and saying them, is it not written, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all the nations, but you have made it a den of robbers. Uh, now, this is one of the passages where, um, again, Jesus was clearing out the temple, uh, and uh, what he was saying here, they were doing some necessary functions as far as selling stuff, but it shouldn't have been done where it was done. He was saying, my house, my temple is supposed to be a place where you can come and commune with your heavenly Father, where you can come and connect with him, and they've made it a place of distraction. They've made it a place that they're buying and selling and trading, and uh, it's become a marketplace, not a worship place. And, and so uh, Jesus is encouraging this this corporate prayer. Um, again, another passage. Uh, again, we'll be looking more in particular at this when we look at the uh, the Lord's Prayer. But Luke chapter nine verse twenty eight also says this. It says, "Now about eight days after these sayings, he took with him Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray." 
So he specifically called those three men out to go with him uh, so that he could pray with them. So there's times of corporate prayer and temples and, and, and that worship. Again, we see examples of prayers in, in houses uh, when you get beyond the Gospels into Acts and beyond. Uh, so that corporate prayer is also vitally important uh, in, in our lives. Uh, the fifth way that um, I have listed here is that Jesus also prayed with gratitude. And we can find a number of passages, but uh, one that I pulled out with Matthew chapter 11, verses 25 and 26. Uh, and this is what we're told. It says, At that time Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. Uh, now, we see here in this passage, not only does Jesus start with a word of thanksgiving, I thank you, Father, uh, for what you've done here, but then he also talks about God's gracious will, that, that he has revealed this to, to certain people. So there was an attitude and, and, and a focus on gratitude uh, in these prayers, and we need to do the same thing. Uh, again, I mentioned earlier that Philippians 4 passage uh, where Paul writes to the church at Philippi. They were struggling with a uh, church conflict, uh, particularly between two women in the church, uh, that he had just mentioned, and he says, uh, do not be anxious about anything, uh, but in everything, come before God, come before your Heavenly Father with prayers and supplication, uh, with thanksgiving, uh, with an attitude of saying, yes, I know God's going to answer these, these, these prayers. It may not be the way that I, I think or understand or or, or, or even want it to happen, but I'm grateful for however God's going to answer this. I mentioned this last week in my sermon, so if you want to go back and you can look at that. I've mentioned it uh, a number of times over the years, but I had an Uncle Vossie, and uh, he uh, always had this, uh, one of his uh, uh, ways of saying things was when we were at the dinner table, he'd always say, you know, thank you for the salt or thank you for the butter, whatever it was he wanted, he'd say, thank you for that. And I remember as a young child, I can't remember exactly how old I was, but I was probably, you know, six, seven, eight years old, somewhere in there where I was bold enough uh, to ask the question, really, you know, maybe not thinking about asking, you know, just, just blurted out. I said, Uncle Vossie, what would you do if you said thank you for the salt and nobody gave it to you? And he just said, well, I'd still be thankful and I'd just get it myself. Uh, he was just thankful. He was, he was grateful. And uh, even if the expectation wasn't fulfilled, uh, he was still going to be grateful. That's how we need to come before our Heavenly Father. Come before him with thanksgiving, even if you've prayed for something, you've been, you're praying for somebody's physical healing, and they don't get better. Uh, I, I've known a, lot, a number of people that they pray for somebody to get healed, they don't get healed, and they become upset with God because God didn't answer their prayer, uh, didn't do what he want, they wanted him to do. Uh, or, you know, you prayed for something, and, and, you, and you may have sincerely felt that that's something that needed to happen in a certain way, and it didn't work out. Can you still be grateful that God is still in control, that God's will is going to be done, His gracious will, His good will is going to be accomplished? Sometimes we don't always understand it. Uh, sometimes it even uh, it isn't beneficial for us uh, initially. Uh, but can we still be grateful? Jesus was grateful uh, for um, who God was and, and, and His gracious will. Um, Number six here, as, as we continue on, uh, we got eight of these, so a couple more to go. Jesus prayed at pivotal times in his life. Uh, it's appropriate and right for us to pray when we're coming to a time of, of crisis or a time of uh, uncertainty in our lives. We, we need to be praying 
during those those times, and, and we see that Jesus did this. Uh, in Luke chapter 6, I won't read all the verses here, just two verses, but uh, 12 and 13, uh, Jesus had a number of disciples following him. He was going to call the, the 12 specific men uh, that he was going to really invest in. Uh, it says that he prayed the night before, and then he called the 12. So before calling the, the 12 uh, apostles, uh, he prayed before that happened. Uh, in John chapter 17, the longest prayer recorded in Scripture, this is Jesus's um, great priestly prayer. This is right before his arrest. This is John's, uh, one of the climaxes to his ministry before he goes uh, to the cross, that, that great priestly prayer. A couple passages that I'll read from that, but in John chapter uh, 17, verses 1 through 5, listen to what Jesus says. Uh, when Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that the Son may glorify you, since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. Uh, here's a very pivotal time. This is the culmination. He's coming to the culmination of his earthly ministry. He came, he born, he was born so that he could live the perfect life, the life that we can't live, and he died the death that we deserved. He was, this was a very pivotal time in his ministry, and he was praying uh, to the Father and um, asking his blessing and asking uh, for God to continue to work through that time. Uh, we know the, the great prayer uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane. Uh, <clears throat> you can read that in Luke's Gospel, Luke chapter uh, 22, and then also Matthew's Gospel, Matthew chapter 26. Uh, Jesus prayed um, uh, during that time, uh, asking for God's will to be done. A couple others real quickly here. Uh, the seventh one is that Jesus uh, also prayed for others. Uh, in Luke's gospel, Luke chapter 22, again, this is uh, toward the end of Jesus' ministry. This is right before his arrest is going to happen. Uh, listen to what he says uh, in verse 31 of chapter 22. He says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you, that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Peter said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow this day until you deny me three until you deny three times that you know me. Uh, the the prediction of Peter's uh, uh, denials of Jesus um, right there at the time of the uh, arrest and right before the crucifixion. But did you hear what Jesus said? He said, Satan's asked to sift you. I'm letting Satan do that just like God had allowed Satan to, to work in Job's life so that God could be glorified even through that. He's saying, but I'm praying for you, Peter, in this time. I'm praying that when you come back to me, even after the trials that you're going to face because of uh, your denial of me, that you will come back stronger uh, and you will lead others uh, in that knowledge of faith as well. So Jesus prayed for others. Uh, in John chapter 17, a couple other passages, that, that great passage of Scripture, uh, he says, I am praying for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me. And here he's speaking more specifically about those disciples that were immediately with him, for they are yours. All mine are yours and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. And I no longer... 
and I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you, Holy Father. Keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. Uh, So here, Jesus is uh, praying for his disciples immediately, and then just a couple of verses later in verses 20 and 21, uh, Jesus goes on and he says, I do not ask for these only, not just for the disciples, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. So here we see a great prayer where Jesus is praying for others. He prays for himself uh, at that pivotal time in his ministry, realizing he's going to leave, but uh, that God is going to do something great. Uh, He prays for his disciples, and then he even prays for those believers even today, those that have believed that testimony down through the years. Uh, And so Jesus prayed for others. And then last and finally, uh, this is the only non-gospel passage um, uh, in this list here, Uh, Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25, we find also that Jesus continues to pray for us today. Uh, Hebrews 7.25, it says, Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. That passage tells us that Jesus is still making intercession for us today, that he's praying for you uh, and interceding on on your behalf um, as you live through this life. So it kind of takes us full circle. Jesus prayed with confidence because he knew he had a good heavenly father. Uh, As we come back around, Jesus intercedes for us today. We can know that he desires the best for us, uh, even in the difficult days, even through the trials that we go through, uh, that he still desires the best for us. And he prays for us, intercedes for us even today. So as we start this uh, study on prayer together, my prayer is that this study here is given a good foundation. These are some of the ways that Jesus prayed. There are many other things we could have said um, uh, if we delved into even more of the Gospels uh, and more of Scripture, but this at least gives us a flavor for some of the ways that Jesus prayed. Uh, He prayed uh, with confidence. Uh, He prayed uh, for others. He prayed in in solitude. He prayed for himself. He prayed at pivotal times in his life. Uh, He prayed with an expectation that uh, God would answer answers he um, lived in him, and and so he acted on those prayers. So all those ways that Jesus was uh, praying, we need to pray the same ways as we follow his model, not just the words that we're going to study in Matthew chapter 6, but his model of prayer, how he lived his life. Appreciate you joining me today. Look forward to seeing you again next week, uh, 5 o'clock next Wednesday, or uh, anytime after that, you can go to our YouTube page or our um, website, and you can uh, download and and listen to this um, either video or uh, through a a podcast, through Spotify, and some of those others that we have on our website. Hope you'll join and hope and pray that this has been a, a positive and encouraging time for you. Let's pray. Father, I come before you right now, and I do thank you for this day. Thank you for these words. Thank you for these truths that we find here. Help us, Father, to um, to pray the way you prayed and to trust in you uh, that you will uh, can and will answer our prayers, uh, even sometimes unexpected ways, uh, even sometimes ways that we don't uh, think um, and, and maybe aren't even praying that way, but you'll always answer in a way that will bring uh, glory to your name and, and even goodness into our lives. So help us, Father, to live for you. I do ask that you'll be with our nation, uh, be with our leaders, uh, be with those in Washington, D.C. right now as they deal with this, uh, this unrest, these protests. I pray, Father, that um, you will uh, lead people in a way uh, that will bring calm and uh, point people to you. Um, loving you and serving you. Help us as believers to help uh, point people to you even in these trying times. It's in Christ's most holy name we pray. Amen.